Right on. This is Jeffrey with Mountain Man Nutrition with, hey, let's celebrate it, episode number 30. Uh, Mountain Man Nutrition Podcast, 30 episodes, who would have thunk it? Uh, That's pretty awesome, I think, and I'm super grateful um, to be able to do it and to benefit many people. Uh, And with that, uh, we're going to talk about a serious conversation, and this conversation is about mental health, uh, because it affects millions and millions of people every day, and uh, it affects kids, uh, fathers, mothers, dads, uh, moms, everybody in in the world probably knows somebody who suffers from uh, depression or ADAD or um, any kind of uh, emotional disorder, low energy, um, you know, feeling down in the dumps, uh, weather, um, you know, uh, when certain times a year people get depressed just because of the weather. Um, but is it just because of the weather, you know, so we're going to, um, start talking about this, um, in different podcasts and this is going to be the first one. Um, you know, I personally have dealt with depression, um, with, uh, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, food addiction, um, you know, loss of jobs, Different things, different times of my life have uh, affected me, and I'm going to tell you, it had more to do with lifestyle uh, and diet than what was actually happening. Because stressors are, again, a positive thing. Just like if you lift weights, it's positive. What is not healthy and what gets us is recovery, right? So we lift weights, and then we we don't take the time to rest and recover, and this could be detrimental. You know, and when we get stressed at work, um, stress can be a positive thing again. But if we don't relax, take time to recover, um, this can be a negative thing. So all these things can affect us um, and have affected my life. So um, I really uh, understood and had to do a lot of work to uh, um, emotionally, mentally and physically um, make myself healthy again. And of course, that did that. That included counseling. That included medication at one point in my life, um, but I knew I needed to get off the medication and did really tough work to do that. But it's doable um, because there's millions of people out there who have done it, right? So um, you know what's important in our daily lives when it comes to nutrition um, and exercise and mental health and what to put in our bodies. And we're going to talk about this. Um, you know what about and I want to bring this up, the average guy or the average gal who has a couple kids, who has a job, who has bills, who has to go, go, go because of soccer and band practice and this and that. Um, and I was always in a big hurry. Um, you know, we'll talk about these issues um, because these people just generally get depressed, right? And why are they getting depressed? Uh, I'm going to suggest um, that it's because of diet and lifestyle. It's because of no recovery and it's because of not putting uh, the essential um, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, um, fats, all this good stuff in our body that our body needs. And it's about um, not sleeping. It's about not resting, not relaxing. And uh, I'm going to take a look at uh, your diet. I would take a look at your hydration. What are you drinking? I'm going to take a look at your digestion. Are you digesting? Uh, your blood sugar, you know, is it in balance? Uh, minerals, are they in balance? Vitamins, are you... Uh, getting the sufficient vitamins. So many, many things uh, to talk about on this subject. And the first uh, person we're going to talk to with is uh, my super good friend, uh, Tiffany. She's a uh, nutritional therapist. 
And uh, she's one of my favorite people in the whole world. And uh, she's got four beautiful girls, a cool husband, and uh, really, really lives a um, amazing life. And we're going to hear a lot about it and what she would do as well around um, uh, nutrition and depression. Um, so I'm looking forward to this podcast and I hope you enjoy it. Have a great day. Right on. This is Jeffrey Hipschman with Mountain Man Nutrition. This is actually going to be episode number 30. So we're really moving up there. And I have a super cool guest on, Tiffany O'Loughlin, who is a nutritional therapist practitioner and a good friend of mine who uh, I've grown to uh, uh, know pretty well. And Tiffany has a great story. And we're going to talk a little bit about mental health, nutrition, uh, depression, and uh, a few of her uh, knacks and specialties. And maybe I can get her to talk a little bit about fermenting too, because she's a the fermenting master of the universe, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, Tiffany, welcome to Mountain Man Nutrition. How are you doing? Right on. So um, before we get um, crazy and, and um, you know, talk over our heads and mental uh, uh, attitude and all that, what in the world got you into nutritional therapy? Um, you know, I would say there was no one major moment. It was a series of many meaningful moments that kind of pushed me in the same direction. And, and um, uh I guess one series of health events in my children led to um, my diving into researching and reading and trying to figure out how to help my babies and keep them functioning optimally and feeling their best. And uh, it really, it really um, was an eye opener to stumble upon uh, Weston A. Price and all his work, and and uh, it felt real. It felt. Um, tangible it felt the most relevant to to our health and what my family was experiencing um and uh everything that i seemed to uncover pointed back to food and the food we we're eating and the food that we needed to be incorporating into our lives and and uh it really propelled me forward and I've never looked back. Right on. So a lot of people come into uh, nutritional therapy, and we went to uh, a nutritional therapy association together. Uh, so we were classmates, and uh, some of the people came in for their own healing purposes and will probably never do a business of nutritional therapy. Um, they just want to heal themselves. Other people um, came in to learn about uh, a lot about nutritional therapy because they really wanted to help people. Um, and everybody came in a different level, but it seemed like you came in knowing uh, three times as much as everybody else because of the research that you did. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> what, uh, what was the basis of that? Is it just all about the kids or you were just like naturally drawn to this? Um, I was not always naturally drawn to this. In fact, there was years of my life where I had um, – major resentment towards food and food was the enemy for me. I struggled with an eating disorder for a long time and uh, I never thought in a million years I would be sitting here talking about how much I love food, especially fats and how important they are for health. So, um, so I mean, I surprised myself and um, 
joined NTA and I began this program, I really thought this would just be about my family and just keeping us healthy. And I thought that would be it for me. But um, I guess it just came more and more clear to me as uh, I kept going through the coursework that this tool I've been given to overcome uh, my struggles and, and to find peace with my own body and and uh, health, um, I want to share that with people. So uh, I'd say by our first workshop weekend, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew this was my mission field. This is where I want to touch people and help people. And this is why I love to talk about what I talk about. Awesome. So yeah, I, I the <laughs> right on, it does. And thank you very much. Hey, uh, so let's get a little bit about uh, mental health. And uh, you have a unique perspective, and um, it's it's uh, it's very foundational, right? It's really uh, grounded in the roots of what we do as nutritional therapy. Um, so um, let's start out with new, new, uh, depression and how uh, how are, how are you looking at depression and some of the um, uh, ways to fight depression. would be in I guess, circumstances or situational triggers and that is outside of my scope so that is where I would tell people they need to seek help from a mental health professional but what is inside my scope is nutritional therapy and using food as medicine and I think that there's kind of no separating um our body and our state of mind it is one and it works as one and I feel like treating it as one is very beneficial um, so so for me um, when I think about depression I guess the first things I would think about from a foundational perspective would be gut health absorption digestion and the quality of the food are there any allergies sensitivities to food uh, possible inflammation so those are some of the things that I would be thinking I certainly wouldn't just be looking at depression as um, the cause but I'd be looking for what's going on physically as the root cause yeah, absolutely. It's um, even because depression is uh, obviously in the mind, and what we feed our mind uh, matters. You know what the food that we're putting in um, to our body um, absolutely has a, a profound effect on uh, our mental state. You know, if you're eating pizza, um, Doritos, and McDonald's, um, you know, six times a week, and you're, you're you're getting those kind of nutrients, which is absolutely none. Really bad fats really poor protein, um, uh, no decent vegetables, um, you know, the nutrients that your brain needs are not there. They are not there, no. And you're actually depleting yourself further of the nutrients that you need for mood-stabilizing um, proponents in your body. Um, B6, B3, B1, these are all critical in mood-stabilizing um, and we're depleting ourselves. I mean, if you look at epigenetics, we're already born depleted. And so to, to continue on this trend of eating poorly only further depletes us and puts us in this real dangerous trend of um, worsening an already dangerous place that we're in. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Lost my train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, our our um, our digestion system actually um, in our gut biome actually creates a lot of the B vitamins. The, yeah. So our small intestine uh, it can create some of its own B vitamins, but it also needs to absorb them. It needs to absorb those cofactors. So we need that working optimally in order to do so. So what do you think about people just taking uh, over-the-counter, like, big uh, B vitamin supplement from Costco and thinking they're getting their uh, their B vitamins? Uh, they'll likely notice that they're having bright green or bright yellow peas because they're passing a lot of those vitamins through their body, possibly not absorbing them. But honestly, you can take whatever supplement you want to eat, whatever food you want to. You're not going to address the problem without first digesting your food and absorbing it properly. Right on. Talk a little bit about that because I talk about uh, digestion constantly on this podcast and on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere and how important it is. But it's nice for the audience to hear someone else talk about digestion and the process and how important it is. So uh, let, let everybody know um, the steps and, and why it is so important. Uh, first things first, if digestion is a north to south process, it actually starts in our mind. I think smelling your food, preparing your food, cutting your onions with your own hands rather than using tools, I think it, uh, like, like those onion machines, or I don't know what you call them, the ones that you can roll <laughs> and they peel away the skin. I, I, I think it's just so important to get your hands on the food, to smell the food, to hear the preparation, and that puts your mind in a parasympathetic state, preparing your body and actually speaking to your gut about what enzymes to start, to start uh, preparing for your HCL is going to be ready to go and digest your foods. The HCL is your hydrochloric acid. Um, yeah, so it just puts your mind in a really good state to receive the food. And the next important step of that process would be chewing it properly. You do not have teeth in your stomach. You've got to do that job in your mouth. So, um, yeah, fully masticating that food while it's in your mouth is doing your body a huge favor um, in the absorption process. Absolutely. I can't I keep preaching it. And it's great to hear uh, somebody else uh, repeat the same thing I've heard, um, because the more you hear it, the, the, the more it sinks in. Yeah. Yeah. And the more it makes sense and the more you catch yourself like, oh, wait, my God, just swallowed that bite whole. I mean, I'm even guilty of it. So so it's something that takes a while to learn and practice, practice, practice. Absolutely. But, it makes a huge difference. Right on. So uh, the next step in, um, you know, uh, looking at uh, depression and mental health issues, what, what would you say is the next step? Um, I guess one thing I would be really excited to um, try with my clients and, and encourage with them is healthy gut flora um, and having having a healthy, strong stomach lining, strong um, and adequate levels of stomach acid. I think that would be the next really important step. And it sounds silly that we're talking about digestion, but and when your question is about depression, but I actually think they go together. So, so um, yeah, so I guess that would be the next step in um, if I had a client who was seeking help for depression would be checking their ACL, checking their enzymes, and making sure that they're, they're 
their gut flora is where it needs to be. Yeah, absolutely, because there's, there's many uh, reasons for that. Uh, number one, if your gut lining uh, is impermeable, then you have uh, all these uh, large proteins and other foods going into your bloodstream without going through the cell. And this can cause uh, a, a host of autoimmune issues and depression is uh, one of those issues. Yeah, uh, because it's a food intolerance. Pretty soon now your your body is attacking all the eggs that you eat because these egg proteins, for example, are getting in your bloodstream and, and this is causing issues. Um, I, would you agree with that? that I would, yeah. So what would some of those foods right off the bat that um, you would start looking at? The coffee thing, if your adrenals are shot um, and, and you're drinking a ton of coffee three or four times a day just to stay awake and keep going because uh, you're majorly stressed out, it's like a vicious circle, yeah, because your adrenals can't keep up, you're, um, you know, sucking down more and more coffee, you're depressed anyway, and it, and it, and it can be a, a vicious cycle um, that people don't realize, yeah? Yeah, and not only that, but coffee is a diuretic, and now you put your body in a dehydrated state, and depression is a, a symptom of dehydration. Absolutely. Yeah, so talk a little bit about that. What is, um, how, how would you know? It's maybe I, I'm depressed, but I just need more water. Why would that be uh, 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 foundational? Or why is that? Why would that be foundational? Yeah. Well, why is water? Why is water making us de not enough water in our system yeah. making us depressed? Well, okay. So in in terms of mental health and looking at it foundationally and how this all goes back to absorption and digestion, we need water to pass nutrients to the cells to absorb minerals. It's a cofactor for for many minerals and absorbing them and. Um, um, I think it keeps us alert. It keeps us <laughs> lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm putting her on the spot with some serious, uh, uh, intense questions. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So, no, water is hugely important, and it keeps digestion 
way it should be. So say you you have a bit of a toxic burden. Well, water is very important in flushing those toxins and eliminating them from your bloodstream, from your system. And and so, yeah, it all goes back to brain health and optimal, optimal yeah, function. Absolutely. And that water is carrying nutrients and it's actually carrying communications uh, from your gut biome to your brain. You know, if you're dehydrated, your gut cannot talk to your brain. And, you know, 80% of your serotonin is made in your gut. And serotonin is a happy, happy drug. So it's not only produced in your brain, but it's produced in your gut. And if you don't have water, um, fats and minerals all working together, um, you're, you're not, your gut's not talking to your brain um, like it should, you know? No, and I really think that people shouldn't separate the two. I, I think, I mean, you need to respect the individuals and their them being separate parts but at the same time they are so much the same the same being if you will our gut and our mind are, are so closely related and almost like an intimate relationship between the two um i, I think it's fabulous i i love 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 that we are just on always in the state of riding this wave of learning more and more and more about the gut and it's like we'll just never ever fully understand because it's so deeply intricate and wonderful really it, it's super science and it's it's i'd love to geek out on it you know and read different things about the gut bacteria and the mind and how it's talking to different parts of the body and we're finding out again like you said new stuff all the time and um, yeah yeah so i would really encourage people ride that wave too that rate of that wave of information that wave of knowledge and research that's always being made available to us ride that wave because i think you'll find um you'll find how relevant it is to our well-being, our mood, everything, our attitude. Right on. So what about um, like the psychiatrist, which is a little bit about our, our field, but um, you got a client comes in and they've been on um, some kind of psychotropic um, enhancer, some kind of uh, mood-altering drug um, that is, you know, hard to get off of in this long term. What do you, what are we, um, what are you saying about that? Um, so I would say within my scope of practice, and I would just look at depletion, most of these um, commonly prescribed prescription medications for, um, for mental health, um, like Effexor, Prozac, Celexa, Paxil, Zoloft, Xanax, Ativan, just to name a few, they're hugely depleting of, oddly enough, all the nutrients that are actually very beneficial for our brain and mood stabilizing. Um, B1, B2, B6, B12, they deplete calcium, zinc, magnesium, even melatonin and folate. So it's just wild that, um, that the exact issues that need to be addressed are actually the ones that are kind of getting caught in this riptide and being pulled out even further to see. So as a nutritional therapy practitioner, I would not ask them to adjust their medications at all. That's something that's going to be very personal between them and their doctor. But I would encourage them to to try um, certain B vitamins or probiotics to absorb the Bs, um, zinc even, uh, magnesium. There, it, I guess there would be a lot that um, if a client came to me on some of these medications that I would want to look at as far as depletion and support are concerned. Yeah, it's interesting. They, they're already depleted anyway, and then they're taking a sure. uh, medication that depletes them even further. Um, and I, and it, those things are also detrimental to other parts of the body. 
You know, I mean, B vitamin and C, you know, vitamin C doesn't just do one or two things in the body. You know, they do hundreds of things. And if you look at the correlation between um, people who experience depression and people who um, later in life are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes or uh, heart, heart disease, it is a wild connection. But I think it's because it's all it's all related. Yeah, these aren't just a depletion um, that affects mental health. They affect all different parts of the body. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm glad you brought up the type 2 diabetes um, because we kind of, you know, know a little bit about that myself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, whenever you, you're insulin resistant and you're getting glycation, with, which is when your, you know, these sugars that are floating through your body are sticking to these proteins and then they're clogging up the little arteries in your brain or your feet or your heart. Um, you know, this is a huge issue. Um, and so uh, not having, you know, the right nutrients in your body and or especially the wrong nutrients in your body. And that's when we're going to go back to sugar, like tons of sugar can seriously disrupt your brain function, you know, and like they're even calling Alzheimer's disease uh, the type three diabetes now because it's got it's completely linked to having tons of sugar in your brain. Absolutely. And that's so common, you know, that you start with a low do dose of Paxil or whatever. Um, and then a year later, if you haven't gotten off of it, you need a higher dose. And then six months later, you need a higher dose and a higher dose. And it seems like uh, no matter what kind of pharmaceutical drug we're talking about, insulin, um, uh, those kind of drugs, um, antibiotics, like all these drugs, our body comes resistant to and it takes more and more um, to do the job that we wanted to do where, um, you know, the vitamins, minerals, water, nutrients, um, can really reverse that. Yeah. If, if we're not taking, um, certain drugs and we're just uh, inundating ourselves with the nutrients that our body needs, um, the body can heal itself. I believe it can. And I feel like fats play a critical role in that too, as far as the brain healing itself yeah, absolutely, because the brain is made up of like 80% fat, yeah? So it needs fat. But what else? And fats are, um, uh, what else are fats doing in the body? They're, they're bringing all the minerals well, to the brain, yeah? Well, and they, yeah, they're, um, uh, they're required for the fat-soluble vitamins, uh, like A, D, E, K. Um, and, you know, I feel like fats can, if you can use fats uh, to heal joints or to heal, um to heal um, other areas of the body and you take that burden or that stress off of that area of pain or discomfort, it ends up helping with a lot of people who might be depressed because or as a result of being uncomfortable or being in pain or sick all the time. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great conversation because uh, fats, uh, I healthy fat diet, Not we're not talking like deep fried chicken wings 
or, uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, canola oil and, and things like that um, with salad dressing yeah, and canola oil. Cultured butter alone has, like cultured butter from raw grass-fed cows has butyric acid, which is also essential in neurotransmission for the brain and mood. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, healthy fats from um, animal fats and meats uh, that has the glutathione and um, even uh, the precursors for tryptophan. So there's all these really important and healing benefits to eating real fats, not your deep fried garbage, but real fats. Absolutely. And um, it goes right along with uh, type 2 diabetes as well, because we're going to heal your insulin resistance with a a healthy, higher fat diet um, in a low carbohydrate diet because your body is not going to be producing as much sugar. You're not going to be spiking your insulin when you're eating these good healthy fats and all your, every single cell in your body needs it, including every single cell in your brain. So, so this is, is, is a healthy fat, um, higher healthy fat diet, uh, is going to be so beneficial for your brain health, for your, um, gut health for your uh, insulin resistance, and it's all linked because I don't know too many people who are insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, suffering with, uh, you know, their eye issues, and maybe their their toes are, um, you know, getting darker because they there's no blood getting into them, and they're, you know, 100 pounds overweight, and they're not depressed. You know, it, it's all linked, and, and, and people say, well, maybe they're depressed because they're so big and their life isn't going... But I'm going to say I think they're depressed because they have super high sugar in their body and uh, not enough B vitamins, not enough fat, not enough uh, vitamin D3, you know, no, no uh, vitamin A. Like these, uh, these, all these vitamin issues and some minerals that um, you need for ultimate health is causing depression, not just because they're overweight. I, and I'm, 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 I think I'm living proof of that because I've been through depression myself and I've been 360 pounds uh, and I'm still, uh, you know, overweight now because my healing journey is not done, but I'm overweight with absolutely no depression, you know, with a, a great, healthy um, attitude towards life and loving and enjoying everything I'm doing, uh, even though I had a cast on my leg for two months. But um, it's, so it's it's not necessarily people who are overweight or depressed. It's people who are nutrient deficient or depressed. Yeah. But after your surgery and while your leg was healing, you were giving your body the nutrients it needed to heal effectively and quickly. Absolutely. On purpose. And, also, yeah. yeah. On purpose and consciously. You know, what I mean, like I, uh, you know, specifically went after the nutrients that were going to heal me. And I think that's important with mental yeah. health. You know what I mean? Like if you're depressed and you're eating McDonald's, um, you know, you're not giving yourself the nutrients uh, that you need. So if you're depressed and and it's hard to get motivated, I understand. But to understand that I need to put my, um, you know, mental health first and get some nutrients in my body that's going to help me um, is, you know, far and foremost. Because you have to do the work. I tell every one of my clients, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be able to do anything for you. Uh, I'm just going to be like a roadmap for you and give you some direction and some suggestions. You're going to do all the work. And it's empowering. And I think that's what we're kind of missing in this culture of go to the doctor and have them fix you with the prescription thing is we're, we're missing that link where we take 
accountability and responsibility for our own journey and our own healing isn't ours anymore. It's it's a piece of paper that you take to a Walgreens or a CVS. Like it, it's it's just um, it's kind of a sad reality, and I think that's one thing that like I personally had to learn um, was that I I wanted deeper healing, and I had to take that into my own hands and food has been a huge part of it and I've never been more in tune with my body more at peace with it or um more healed than I am now but it's it's a journey that's ever moving we're always going to be in a state of healing absolutely that's awesome that you say that so you did a talk to um your local residents up there in Maine right and it was a, a talk about mental health and uh what was in and it didn't go so well, huh? Um, there was a lack of interest. Um, but honestly, now in retrospect, I can understand why. It's a controversial topic. And even though it's less tab- mental health is less taboo than it was two or three years ago, it is still wildly taboo. And there is still this, um, I guess, this mentality that it's um, a one-size-fits-all sort of a thing. So when I come to people saying, you know what, maybe they're not defective, maybe you're just deficient. Uh, It's not something that's super, um, super exciting to a lot of people, because it kind of bends this idea that we've put in our heads for so long. Just like when you come after people saying, not come after them, but like, when you want to have a healthy debate about um, cholesterol, and how that is, in fact, beneficial and healthy and that's not the enemy or I mean any of these things that come against indoctrination Uh are a hard pill to swallow (laughs) right I get it so people so what was their main resistance um, that this could easily be outside my scope this isn't something that um, I'm trained in and I would have to keep I guess going back in my head and making sure that I had I stayed in my scope and I knew what I was talking about and I am really just looking at nutritional depletion and nutritional therapy for support of these of these uh, clients. So um, I thought it was a great proposal. I thought it was a great little piece of information. Not a lot of excitement um, wasn't received all too well, but I honestly am really okay with that. If I planted one seed or if I, I impacted one person, that is um, that is the success I wanted. Yeah, because this—I mean, this is an interesting conversation um, to be had because uh, most of those people were were on uh, medications, yeah, and they've been doing their medications for a while, and they had a certain um, uh, idea about mental health that they've been fed for for years and years and years, and it's difficult to fight that. Like you you said about fat, you know, we've been fed for the last sixty years that. Uh, you know, animal fat and cholesterol causes heart disease. And we know now that uh, the science is blatantly clear that that's not true. You know, it's the sugar and the carbohydrates. Yeah, jump in. If I could just throw it out there. Yeah, the greatest fraud of of our time, I think, is Ansel Keys and his his fraudulent claim that – Cholesterol was bad for you. Fat was bad for you. So I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, so like this paradigm is now slowly changing and it's more acceptable now because people are understanding there's been a lot more research. It's coming out mainstream that uh, this is 
um, uh, wrong idea and it's starting to change and people are adding more and more butter and more and more meat and more and more healthy fats to their diet. Um, and, and the, you know, the evidence is blatantly clear. So how, how does this change with mental health too? Because it's, it's along the same lines and it's the same thing that we've been taught that you have to have, uh, uh, you know, uh, drugs to help your mental health and it doesn't matter what you eat and this kind of stuff. Um, uh, how does this change? You know, I would really ask people um, who, are, who are questioning what I'm saying or questioning, I guess, where I stand on this topic. I would ask them to go look at the trend. Children younger and younger and younger are being given heavier doses of medications that are not appropriate for their age, their weight, nothing. Um, and uh, and depression rates are still climbing, 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 despite the introduction of SSRIs and and um, heavy medications for depression or anxiety. Despite their pharmaceutical efforts, these numbers can continue to climb. So clearly, there is a problem in the science. And um, and so yeah, I, I guess I would just want to step out on the limb and say. If it's controversial and it makes you uncomfortable, research. Don't just settle for what you've been told. If you don't like what I'm saying, prove, like, prove me wrong. Go look at the research that tells me I am wrong. But I want people to read the nutritional research and read the nutritional data that there is and, I guess, balance that against what they feel like they believe to be true. Yeah, and I love this so, effect that you talk about. Yeah, that, I love the fact that you talk about the kids and uh, the drugs that they're getting put on and the ADHD that is rampant and look at diet um, in kids because, you know, you go to Starbucks, for example, or wherever, and they got the juice boxes and then they got the squeezy little uh, fruit things and there's sugar and sugar and sugar. And then the kids eat cereal for breakfast, which is pure sugar and glyphosate and terrible. And then they're starving and the at snack they get some kind of apple or they get something else that's pure sugar and then they go to lunch and i don't i don't know if you've you know you're, you go to your kids go to school you ever look at the what's in the other kids lunch boxes it's horrifying you know because they got a fruit juice or they got like low fat milk and they got a bag of crackers and some other bread and some garbage that's pure sugar you know and no healthy fats and then they're, they're eating another snack which is a candy bar or a kind bar or something crazy uh, and then who knows what they're eating for dinner at home. But I, you know, they're, it's crazy amount of sugar that people are getting uh, and kids are getting in their uh, yeah. lunch. And it's, and you know, and this is going to be something else that probably ruffles feathers or makes other parents uncomfortable, but food does not equate love. Like junk food, people think that you can give your kid a Twinkie because it's a treat and you love them and this is a reward. But honestly, if you look at what's going to be happening 20 years down the road, if you continue that trend, you're looking at setting your child up for infertility, depression, type 2 diabetes. I mean, a whole host of issues. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that sounds really mean of me to say and, and, and really controversial, I guess. But, um, but yeah, there's... There's just some things that I think parents need to look at and feel, be responsible for when it comes to their kids' health. Yeah, and it, and it and I agree. And sometimes, like, the convenience factor and, you know, it gets in there and then they just want to do something quick and easy and then the kids are begging for it, you know, because, of course, these hypersensitive foods like Doritos or Twinkies, 
Um, they, they want it because it's hyper, hyper palatable, yeah? And so the parents would think they're doing a good job. As a parent, because um, I obviously have a couple kids as well, and I try to get a little balance. If they get a treat, you know, if they're at a party or out to eat, you know, I kind of let them do what they want to do and order the French fries if they want French fries at, at, at a restaurant. Or, you know, if they're going to go to the kid's birthday party, yeah, they can have a piece of cake, of course. Um, uh, and I try to keep a balance because what I buy in the house is – um, uh, you know, good healthy fats and good vegetables and try to get them to eat their vegetables or hide it if I can, um, you know, and olives yeah. in the lunchbox, you know. What a... a we're very much, yeah. We're very much the same way here. The, our home is a sanctuary, so this is where I feel like, um, in a weird way, like, everything is sacred here, so the food is sacred. It's, it's going to be food that's healing, health-promoting, but birthday parties, um, sleepovers, invites to friends' houses, um, even Halloween and trick-or-treating the other night, those are times where you do have to have balance because you do want your children to have a healthy relationship with food. Um, and you also want them to learn their own triggers and how they feel when they have certain foods. And um, I have four daughters, so it's really important to me um, to have four daughters who have a very healthy relationship with food, and, um, and that has to be balance yeah absolutely but as far as the food that they get from me and the food that um i provide for them um sacred i guess is the only word i can really think of healing so that's 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 a great that's a great way to put it sacred food and getting the kids uh hands on the food and letting them cook and uh, really feel what real food is and how to you know cook real food and how to chop the mushrooms and chop the onions and, you know, kind of um, let them be a part of cooking, I think is super important. And it really gives them a real relationship with what real food is. Yeah. It does. And I think it's a, it's a bonding time. It's, uh, I mean, people naturally bond over food. We have tables that we love to gather around. Um, birthdays, celebrations, it usually happens with food being a focal point and company being close second. So I do like to recreate that in my home, in my kitchen with my girls. Um, they ask to get involved. I don't, I don't ask them to, um, they usually want to do it themselves. And, and, um, so not only do I find it important for that bonding time and that memory making time, but going back to what we talked about as far as digestion, putting them in the parasympathetic state and smelling those foods and feeling those foods. I think it is so important to have your kids in the kitchen. Awesome. So, uh, Tiffany, to uh, end the podcast, I want you to think about uh, one great takeaway for my listening audience. 
Uh, what is one takeaway that you would suggest for them? One takeaway would be um, most people at any point in their life have struggled with depression or somebody could be listening to this who's currently struggling with depression or know somebody who is. Um, I would just really encourage them to um, do the research and um, I guess dip your toe in the water. See how you feel after consulting a nutritional therapy practitioner who can test these supplements or find these points that might be um, needing some support or healing. Um, there doesn't have to just be one option and there does not have to be a life sentence. But that would be my takeaway. There oh. is next level healing. Ah, next level healing. I love it. Awesome. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, thank you for being uh, on Mountain Man Nutrition and talking about this uh, highly controversial but super important topic of mental health. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I guess if I stepped on toes or offended anybody, like it's really coming from a place of love, not a place of judgment. Yay. <laughs> Thanks. So, there's that. <laughs> Hey, this is uh, Jeffrey with Mountain Man Nutrition again. And if you like the podcast you just heard, uh, tell a friend, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it on Twitter, uh, wherever you can share it, tell uh, somebody who can benefit from it. Because that's why I'm here and that's why I'm doing this podcast is to benefit as many people as possible. Uh, millions and millions of Americans uh, have suffered from type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, and uh, are continue to suffer. So if we can benefit them uh, in any way, shape, or form with this podcast, I want to do that. So please uh, uh, share it with your friends. Uh, get on iTunes and give me a five-star rating uh, if you liked it, uh, five stars. And then write a little uh, uh, blog about it or a little uh, uh, give me, say something about it so other people can find it um, that you're not sharing it with. You know, the more people who listen, uh, the more uh, benefit we can do for others, and you can be a part of that. And I'm asking you to be part of that. So let's uh, share this podcast as often as possible. Thank you very much, and good wishes to you.